welcome to some more great Bible preaching from the pulpit of Capital City Baptist Church in the heart of Austin, Texas. Our prayer is that your relationship with Christ is strengthened and that you are blessed by the time you spend in the Word of God with us today. A man deviseth his way, but God directeth his steps. Those young men, I remember going to meetings and hearing men preach, and God began working my heart about the call to the ministry and the call to preach. And I had dreams. I truly was convinced I was going to be an evangelist, went to Bible college, uh, studied pastoral theology, and um, not uh, but two, three years later, we were on the mission field. Never had any intentions as a young person of going to the mission field. Uh, or going to Mexico, going to Argentina. Never planned on being back here in Austin, Texas. Uh, and I believe someone ought to dream, and I believe someone ought to plan, and someone ought to prepare. But ultimately, it's God that directed our steps. Most of you that are older than 30 years uh, of age can look back at your life now uh, in hindsight and say, this is not exactly the way you drew it up. This isn't exactly the way you planned it. Uh, some of you... Uh, are not from Austin. You had no idea one day you would end up in Austin, Texas at Cap City Baptist Church. Uh, many of you had different plans, different goals, a different direction, a different career, uh, different ideas, maybe even a different person in mind before you got married. And God changed all of that and gave you the person you needed and put you in the church you were so where you were supposed to go and placed you in the city where you were supposed to live. It just wasn't exactly the way you'd planned. That's the way God works. Man deviseth his way, but God's the one that directs the steps. You could say amen at any time. People live disappointed with God because they think that God ought to follow their blueprint and that God ought to follow their plans. And uh, many times high schoolers will tell God or think, uh, God, look, here's what I'm thinking. Here's the direction I'm heading. And if you can put this all together, uh, I'd like to marry a handsome, rich, young man, live in a big, beautiful house, and live in a certain place. And God says, nope. Uh, God, would you consider that? I would definitely consider it. Uh, let, me, let me just say this. Um, God sees the big picture. And God knows exactly what you need, how much of it you need, and when you need it. God, God does something the most time we don't do. God understands our limitations. And God can get past your limitations. Um, but God knows exactly what you're supposed to be doing, what you're capable of doing, what your strong points are, what your weaknesses are, uh, and he knows exactly where you should be. And at some point, the best thing you can do in life is sit back, relax, and just trust God. Did, did you get that tonight? Amen. Folks, I'm not going to jump and scream. This isn't going to be the most uh, fun and exciting message, but I really need you to get this tonight because there are too many people living disappointed because all their plans didn't materialize, and God knows, God knows what's going on and says, I have you exactly where you need to be. 
And we get disappointed because we, we truly think uh, that this sin-cursed earth should be less sin-cursed. It's not going to happen. Uh, man is sin-cursed. This planet is sin-cursed. And there are a lot of problems. There's a lot of sickness. There's a lot of death. Uh, there's enough bad things going around. And you've got to say, okay, I can't avoid all of that, but God knows what I need, what I can handle, and what I should avoid. So meanwhile, I can put a smile on my face and be happy with the ministry God has put me in, the place God has put me, and the success God has given to me. Turn your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, I wrote down four simple thoughts. Now, this isn't my normal style of preaching. I'm kind of going outside of the bounds of my normal style of preaching. So I'm going to put them up on the board, and I ask Mark, I don't know if those of you that are seated up front tonight can't see the entire outline, but you can hear it, and it might be good to write it down. I'm going to talk about four different words tonight uh, when, we're, when we're talking about you uh, uh, devising uh, your way. That's not a bad thing, devise your way, but you better understand God's going to direct your steps, and here's four words that are key words in your life and in your future, availability, adaptability, acceptability, and teachability. Number one, let's talk about avail availability. Turn in 1 Samuel uh, 17, verse 32. David, now we can't read the background of every single one of these chapters. This is the story of David and Goliath. How many of you have ever heard the story of David and Goliath. How many of you remember who killed who? David killed Goliath. Now, when David went, that's not the plan that he had in mind. I kind of picture David uh, as someone about Jonathan's size, maybe Jonathan's looks. The Bible says he was good looking. Hey Amen, Jonathan's pretty good looking, pretty sharp. I don't know if David wore a suit and tie like Jonathan did. David goes out there and he's planning, he's thinking, he's prepared to do what? to do exactly what his daddy sent him to do, to take his brother some food. So he goes out there with the intention of helping three or four people, and God says, David, I'm glad you planned this out, and I'm glad you prepared, and I'm glad you know where you're going and how to get there. And I'm glad you got the bag, and I'm glad you got the food, and I'm glad you got everything together. So the preparations were right, and that's what God expects out of us. Amen? How many of you have ever been with someone who wasn't well-planned or well-prepared? Uh, boy, folks, that's not me. That, that, you know, the whole idea of just winging it. That, I, I, don't, I don't like that. Just, you know, it just whatever happens, happens, and we'll see what we can make happen. That, that kind of philosophy drives me crazy. Uh, if we're going somewhere, I want to have a full tank of gas. I want to have a map. I want to have food. I want to have sunscreen. Uh, I, I want to have a GPS. I want to be... Totally prepared for the moment. Now, you don't want to go through life doing that, just saying, well, whatever happens, happens. That's not real smart. Young people, you know why you ought to study and work hard in school? That's called planning and preparing for life for the future. At some point, you're going to have to make money. At some point, you're going to have to work a job. At some point, you're going to have to provide for a family. And in order to do that, you better be prepared on an educational level. So, someone, listen, folks. I don't think I'm saying anything strange tonight. You can shake your head. Say amen. Uh, David 
had planned and prepared his way. But God directed his steps. He went there and the purpose was to help a few, but God said, I'm sending there, you there uh, with a bigger purpose in mind. There's a giant who's defying the armies of God, who's making a fool out of my people. As a nation, no one will stand up. The king is fearful. I need you to go and to be the man. And David got there, and he saw the dilemma. He heard what was going on. He raised his hand, and he said, I can be the man if you need a man. I don't want to be the man, but I'm willing to be the man. If there's a need, I'll step in and fill the gap. That is called availability. Now, folks, you know how I ended up in Argentina? I said, God... There's a need. There's a gap. I'm willing. You know why people aren't being used? They're just not willing. Folks, we're telling God when, how, why, and where He can use us. There are Christians in every church across this land who are telling God, okay, God, here's my strong points, here's my weak points. Uh, this is where I need to serve, and this is what I need to do. Uh, I am pastoral material, so, so give me a church. Uh, I'm missionary material, so put me on the field. Uh, I'm a pianist, so give me a ministry. Uh, I'm a preacher, uh, so put me on the road. Uh, that's not the way God works. God says you step up where there's a need. You become available. God will direct your steps. You know something about steps? When we talk about a way... That's a long road with a lot of twists and turns. Do you know what a step is? One movement at a time. So you may have everything planned out for the next 80 miles or 200. How many of you ever met kids that had the next 6,000 miles planned out? Oh, no, Dad, this is the way it's going to be. I'm going from here to there, and I'll tell you how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen and why it's going to happen and where it's going to happen. And you say, good for you. But you know better because you're a little bit older and you uh, had prepared and planned your way and God said, no, I'm the one that directs the steps. And God has a few detours for us along the way. And God says, I don't want you on that path. I don't want you to take that road. You don't need to turn here. You need to go straight. What are you doing? That's a stoplight. Stop. God, when's it going to turn green? When I tell you, but God, it's been red for two months. God says, I'm the one that sets the stoplights, not you. I put up that green arrow. I put up that caution sign. There's road work. How many of you ever came upon road work, construction work, uh, and it said under construction, and you sat there, and you looked, and you breathed, and you sweated, and you steamed. You said, just turn the flag. Finally, they got to turn the flag that said go. You know what? Every, every once in a while, God puts up a sign that says under construction. God did that in this church here recently. Put up an under construction sign. You, you steamed. You, well, people going too slow and things are happening. Devices his way. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you understand the second part of that verse. But God directeth the steps. I guarantee you, it doesn't matter if you talk to Bryce or Steve or Pastor Robert, her brother Hyken, her brother Lewis, or 
Jeremy or Brother Lewis, uh, it doesn't matter if you talk to Sergio. Sergio would have told you there's no way in the world I'm going to live in Austin, Texas. I'm going to go to Capital City Baptist Church. If you would have talked to Brother Gammas a few years ago, if you would have talked to Brother Anthony a few years ago, he would have said, there's no way I'm uh, living in California. I'm happy in California. There's no way uh, on this green planet that I'm going to live in Austin, Texas. And Anthony devised his way. And God directed his steps. You will be able to relax in life when you sit back and you plan and you prepare and you do your best and you get some goals and you have some vision and you have some dreams, but ultimately you've got to take a step back and say it's God that determines my daily steps. And if you're not comfortable with that, you're not going to be comfortable being a Christian because here's what we do. We like to read it, man deviseth his way, and then God's supposed to listen to me about the steps. Do you think David was happy with every step? His way was leading to a palace. What about the steps between there and the palace? What about the detour that took David to caves and mountainsides and deserts for ten years fleeing from his life until he got to the palace? Do you think that was in David's plans? Do you think that was written up in David's blueprint? Do you think David was happy about that, saying, Praise the Lord, glory to God, I love caves, I love eating berries and living off wild roots. Man deviseth his way, but God directeth his steps. Now, if you want God to use you and you want those steps to be pleasant, you simply make yourself available and stop telling God, well, God, I'm not calling to be a Sunday school teacher, so I don't, I don't want to go. You need to say, if there's a need, whether it's a Sunday school class or a bus route or a VBS class or a club ministry or whatever there is, God's going to direct your steps when you become available. This is one of the hardest lessons for young people to learn. Because here's what happens. There are certain people that are doing millions of jobs. When we need someone that's available, amazingly, it's Brother Mike who already has a million ministries and a million things going on. Amazingly, it's Mrs. Lou. Have you noticed? Huh? Wow, we need someone to clean the church. Huh, that's strange. Miss Lewis, who's already doing a thousand things, discipling six people and running three ministries and teaching the school. Wow, I'm available to clean the church. I've got to shut that down. You know why God used Miss Lewis? It's called availability. And the average Christian is sitting back trying to plan their steps and saying, I don't got time for that. I don't want to do that either. No, that's not me. No, no, I don't like that either. No, hey, I would like to, but no. God says you want to be used, but you're never available. You're available when it's a perfect situation at the perfect time and the perfect thing for your perfect world. That's not reality. That's not ministry. There is no perfect situation. Listen, folks, I have had to run VBS ministries. I have had to run uh, youth groups and bus routes. I have held every title there is to hold. That doesn't mean I was good at all of it. I was the only one available. I remember we went to Argentina. We started a church. Uh, guess what I got to be? I got to be the usher, 
the song director. I provided the special music. I played the guitar. Then I preached. I led the music. I preached. I did the invitation. Took up the offering. Filled out the visitor cards. Dismissed the crowd. Cleaned the building. Do you know why? I was the only one available. Boy, how we like to tell God, uh, that really doesn't work for me. You know why David made it to the palace? Uh, Samuel came by and pulled out the oil, and David said, what's going on? They knew the custom of the day. They knew that kind of anointing was something special that God did in choosing kings. And David knew, and his brethren knew, and his daddy knew, David's now the chosen king. He didn't go straight to the palace. He went back to herding sheep. And then one day they came out there and said, Hey, David, yeah, ready to go to the palace? Oh, absolutely, I'd love to. What's the deal? Uh, 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 They got the throne ready. They sized the crown. Oh, no, you're going to play the harp. The king's gone insane. He's thinking irrationally. He's tried to kill some people. He's hurt some people. He may even hurt himself. We need you to calm his nerves and play the harp. David said, I'm available. He said, but I I thought the whole plan was to get David on the throne. It was. that He was devising his way. And God said, wait a minute. I'm the one that chooses the steps. You know what God's going to put some of our kids on the mission field? The only problem is they're planning... God says, you need to do that. But ultimately, I'm the one that chooses its steps. And God never does it the way you planned. Oh, now I can see all the steps God had to put me through in order to prepare me for this moment in life. I can't tell you one. Brother uh, uh, um, Brown, when he was here, he said, where are you going to be in 10 years? I said, preacher, I've stopped trying to guess that a long time ago because we thought we were going to be in Argentina till death and then we thought we were going to be in Mexico till death and now I think Austin's going to cause me to die <laughs> I'm done trying to figure out my steps I'm not worried about that part anymore all I can do is plan and prepare and know I'm going to preach the gospel win souls and do right and help people but it's God who's going to order my daily steps. The only thing I can do is be available. Amen. Availability. Go back to chapter 16. I want you to see another word. It's called uh, acceptability. You, In order to be used of God, you've got to be acceptable. Now, let me explain what I'm talking about. 16 verse 17. Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well. Bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse. Talking about David. Says many good things about him. Verse 19. Saul sends messengers unto Jesse and says, Send me David thy son. Uh, verse 20. So Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. And David came to Saul, stood before him. And he what? Loved him greatly, he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. Now, let me say something that's very important. 
in order to be successful, in order to be used of God, you have to be acceptable. You know how you become acceptable? I'm not, I'm not going to re-preach what I preach or what Brother Brown preached the other night. But this is called understanding principles of authority. You know how to be loved by authority. You understand principles of authority. How many of you ever noticed that authority has favorites? Don't you hate that? Isn't that a horrible thing? How many say that's despicable? That's horrendous. I can't believe that happens. Well, I don't think, bless God, anybody should have favorites. And if someone has favorites, that means they're excluding me. Have you ever noticed those that understand principles of authority are preferred by authority? Anybody ever notice that? You think, oh, it's based on personality. Oh, no, it's not. You know who the teacher's pet is? The one who's trying to please authority. Guess who's the disliked one in the class? The one who doesn't care about authority. The one who's defiant. The one who's rebellious. The one who's unsubmitted. The one who doesn't bring their homework. The one who doesn't complete their assignment. Well, my teacher mom is picking on me. Yeah, because you don't do your homework. You don't finish your assignments. You don't study for tests. You don't finish your projects on time. You don't turn in your papers. That makes sense that you're being picked on. Come on, folks. Get on board the wagon tonight. You say, well, David became the teacher's pet because David knew about principles of authority. And when you understand principles of, of authority, that makes you acceptable. And let me just tell you a little secret. God does not... That, would you please look up here because I want to help you in the ministry. And some of our people... Listen, God cannot use you in the ministry till you're ready for the ministry. And that's availability and that's acceptability and until you listen those that get furthest ahead in life and are most successful are those that understand principles of authority he's at the bottom of the class he doesn't understand principles of authority he can change that well he's just not as bright as the rest he doesn't have to be as bright as the rest there are teachers pets that are not bright but they understand principles of authority how many of you ever notice in a work situation, well, that guy got promoted, and I'm smarter than he is? Probably so. Intelligence doesn't make you more qualified. You go up the ladder when you understand principles of authority. I, I'm sensing a nerve here, and I just want to stay and plow. Just plow and plow deep. Amen? And if God's going to put you in a position of authority, He's only going to do it when you learn the principle of authority. And I know pastors at 22 years old who are pastoring mega churches. Listen, uh, Brother uh, Brown's son is pastoring 700 people and is 26 or 27 years old. You know what that tells me? Someone learned principles of authority at a very early age. And God trusts those who know principles of authority because that means God can exercise authority over them without any problems. That makes you acceptable. And if you're not, listen, you study your Bible, you'll find out something about Joseph. He goes to prison, goes straight to the top. Listen, as a prisoner, he becomes the warden, assistant to the warden. When he's pulled out, when he's put in the house of Potiphar, he's quickly put at the very top. 
when he gets out of prison and goes into the palace, he's made second only to Pharaoh. You know why? Here's a man that knew about principles of authority. You know why Daniel was preferred by four kings? Listen, folks, you know whether it doesn't matter any president or any leader on any national level in any country, new leadership brings in their own people. Why is it the four different kings, kings that conquered previous kings, still kept Daniel around when they fired everyone else? They immediately recognized, here's someone that understands authority and principles of authority. That makes you acceptable. And here's what happens. People in life make their plans, their goals, their dreams. And God says, hold on for a minute. I've got to direct your steps. If you have not learned principles of availability and acceptability, I've got to put you through a few tests and teach you a few lessons so I can use you. So it's not always that God's saying your way is wrong, your direction is wrong, your plans are wrong. God says in order to get there, in order to be used at that point, you've got to be available and acceptable. So I'm going to direct your steps. Plan your way. Prepare. Figure it out. Get some direction. Make sure it's right and it's godly and it's pleasing to our Heavenly Father. But just because that's your dream, that's your direction, that's your perfect will, doesn't mean you're prepared for that spot, that position, that place, that responsibility. And God says, I'm going to have to direct your steps to prepare you for that moment. And I'm going to have to teach you something, number one, about availability. Number two, about acceptability. Folks, I'd like to get this over with tonight. My throat's hurting. I want to go home, drink some chocolate milk, but we can't do it until I get some head shaking. Amen. Hallelujah. He's with me tonight because he's stuck on chocolate milk. Amen. Thank you, Ashton. Number three, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 18. Availability, acceptability. Number three, adaptability. You know, I'm amazed. One of the things I've recognized and fought with coming back to American culture, having been gone for over 15 years, is uh, the, the way Americans are so resistant to anything that, that causes them to be flexible or to adapt. We just don't want to have to be flexible. This is my schedule. This is my plan. And preacher, God, boss, woman, anything that takes me out of my pre-planned schedule is going to frustrate me. And here's what, look, look what it says. Here's flexibility. 1 Samuel 18.11, Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I'll smite David even to the wall. Now, I'm not talking about flexibility of dodging, because that takes some flexibility. That makes me think David was skinny in shape. Amen? He avoided twice. Saul was afraid of David. Therefore Saul removed him from him, made him his captain over a thousand. He went out and came in before the people. Look what it says in verse 14. David behaved himself wisely in all his 
ways. Uh, now I want you to read up here on the board with me. David developed plans and dreams, but he never developed expectations. I want you to think about that for a minute because I've watched dozens and dozens of people over the years get angry and bitter and frustrated not because of aspirations, because of expectations. And you had a goal and you had a dream and life didn't live up to your expectation. Your job didn't live up to your expectation. Your house didn't live up to your expectation. Your mother-in-law didn't live up to your expectation. Your mate didn't live up to your expectation. Your kids didn't live up to your expectation. The school didn't live up to your expectation. The ministry didn't live up to your expectation. So you're mad. Folks, expectations are simply an excuse for you to be angry, bitter, or quit. When David walked into that palace, he had dreams and aspirations, just not expectations, because if you would have had expectations, can you imagine? I'm going to the palace. This is going to be a perfect life. I'm leaving brothers that hate me and they're jealous. And I'm going to the palace and I'm going to be the king. I'm going to be the big child. I'm going to make the laws. I'm going to sit on the throne and life's going to be easy. And then the crazy king started throwing spears at him. And the next thing you know, he has to flee for his life and run for 10 years. You know what expectation would have done to that boy if he had him? Ruined him. You know why they're, listen, ideal with people all the time frustrated with life and it's not their dreams that frustrated them it was their expectations because I married this man and I thought he was perfect and he's not perfect no he's not perfect he's human there's no man that's perfect and if you expect any husband to be perfect you are going to be one upset person because if there's six billion people and half of them are men that means Three billion choices, but wait, we got to talk about your age to marry. So that narrows it down to about uh, 500 million. And you picked one out of those 500 million, and the minute you picked him, you said, I'm picking him because he's nearly perfect. Yeah? And you know why you picked him? Because you had expectations. That this is the man that's going to fulfill my expectations. There's only one problem with that. None of those... 500 million could fulfill your expectations because they were never going to sweat, never going to throw a dirty sock on the floor, never going to burp at the table, always call you beautiful, bring you roses once a month, and build you a wonderful house that was never going to have a leaky pipe or a burnout light bulb. Amen. Folks, that's not a dream. That's not a vision. That's not a goal. That's called an expectation. Guess what expectations do? They set you up to be disappointed. Amen. And God says, okay, direct and devise your way, but I'm going to determine your steps. And I've got to teach you adaptability and flexibility and David, things aren't going to turn out the way you thought or the way you planned, so get flexible. Well, this isn't the church I thought it would be. This isn't the ministry I thought it would be. You're not the pastor I thought you would be. That's what adaptability is about. Better learn to adapt and overcome. Folks, we are living off excuses for failure. I want you to see something tonight. Have you ever heard of Nick? I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's Vitecheck. Put it up there, Mark. 
want you to meet this young man for a minute. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Take a seat. G'day everybody, how are you? Before I start anything, I want to first of all thank you for the opportunity here to be a part of the Summer Conference 2006. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Nick Vujicic. I'm 23 years old and today I want to share with you three main keys in my life that got me from a life without limbs to a life without limits. For those of you who do not know my story, I was born without arms and legs. There was no medical reason why this had happened. Today I just want to be real with you. I'm going to be in your face at times and I'm not going to apologize for it, so buckle up. But uh, before I do get into anything, I always love to share some funny experiences that I've had uh, in my life. I love kids' reactions. Kids' reactions are fantastic. Like, I go to the shops and everybody just stares at me and stuff. You saw me in my wheelchair there on the DVD last night and all the kids coming up and saying, What happened? And I go up and say, Cigarettes. <laughs> and, uh, stay away from those cigarettes. Anyway, uh, I have a lot of, lot of funny stories, but uh, I, I love to do quite a few uh, uh, hobbies of mine, like you know, I jump in the pool and I actually float like a life jacket, as you've seen on the screen. I, I bob up and down like this and then uh, have my little motor down here and go like this. <laughs> when I go to like, public like, pools and stuff, all you see is this head flying across the water like this and uh, <laughs> kids freak out. But I went to South Africa on our tour in 2005 in February and went to a water theme park and for the first time, I went down the water slide all by myself. I was very proud of myself. And at, obviously, at the bottom of the slide, there's a pool with people just chilling, just relaxing, chillaxing, you know what I'm saying? They're minding their own business, watching others come down the slide, and here I come, they're all looking at me. And I was so tempted to look at myself and go, What happened? <laughs> pretty cool. But uh, look, the funniest story I can tell you is... Uh, when I'm in a car, obviously you have no idea that I have no arms, no legs. You just see my beautiful, sexy face. And uh, we're at the red lights, and this car pulls up next to us. This girl's looking at me. And I'm thinking, okay, let's have some fun here. So I look at her, and I get her attention. I eye contact, and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I actually get my seatbelt in my mouth, loosen the seatbelt, and in the car seat, just do this. <laughs> You can go ahead and turn it off. Thank you, Mark. Let me ask you how someone like this doesn't need an excuse. He says, I've got to be adaptable. I've got to be flexible. I've got to figure out a way to succeed with the curveball that life gave me. And we have all our limbs and half our mind. And we're still talking about why we're not used of God and successful and making it in life, we're upset, frustrated, bitter, saying, well, you know, preacher, all the bad things that have happened to you, you just got to understand, sit down for a minute, and I'm going to tell you about the reasons why I can't serve God, I can't succeed, I can't put things together, my marriage isn't working out. You know why? Folks, I've lived in three different countries, had three different children, Started three different churches. Lived in three different climates. Every church has its own personality. You know what you do? God says, if I'm going to use you, you better be adaptable. You better be flexible because here's what happens. 
we devise our way, and this is the way life is supposed to be. It's supposed to go exactly the way we ordered it. You know, we think life is like a drive-up window at Burger King. I want a Whopper, no pickles, one tomato, no mayonnaise. And when they bring you that Whopper, it's a double Whopper with cheese, extra pickles, and no ketchup. And what do you do? You open it up, and you're trying to make a decision. Do I go back and scream and holler, raise a fuss? Or do I say, you know what? They're probably not going to get it right at second time anyways. <laughs> Life is not the way you ordered it. So if you're going to have a successful life, at some point you're going to have to say, okay, God, I've learned to be available. Okay, God, I've learned to be acceptable. Okay, God, I've learned to be adaptable. And if you can't do those things, guess what? God is not going to use you. Because you're not only trying to devise your way, you're trying to direct your steps, and God says it just doesn't work that way. You devise your way, and then I'm going to help you get there by taking you down this path where you learn the things you have to learn in order to do the things you need to do. We just don't like the process. Did you know that anyone, did you know that Moses devised it? Remember, he, he took that job as leader and ruler, and he was happy, and he took that staff, and he ran out there and said, I'm going to deliver God's people. And he saw two men fighting, and he said, that's an Israelite, and he needs my help. And he ran over there and hit that Egyptian over the head split him open, and CPR couldn't revive him. He drug him off and buried him in the sand, and God said, no, no, no. You devised your plan, but I'm going to have to direct your steps, and you're going to have to take a 40-year detour to learn what you need to know in order to go where you need to go. And if you study the life of every single hero that we have in the Bible, they were devising their way. Do you think that Joseph devised as part of his plan Potiphar's house, slavery, jail? Do you think David devised the caves in the desert, in Ziklag, where the city was burned and his wives and children were taken? That was not part of David's plan. That was part of God directing his steps and saying, David, in order for you to be the king I want you to be, this is the route we've got to take to get there. Amen. Amen. Let me say this when we're done. The last word we're going to look at, teachability. David made everyone his teacher, and he ended up being a great teacher. And you know how to keep from being used of God, folks. There are some people spiritually, mentally, on a third grade level, and they're 30 years old, 50 years old, 40 years old, because that's when they stop being teachable. Well, I've been at God's school long enough. I've had enough people give me enough advice. I, I've made it. I've plateaued. Now, we've read the scripture before, and I appreciate it can't, but go there for just a minute. It'll help us to reread it. 1 Samuel 25, verse 32. God is trying to direct your steps. And the frustrating part is you're devising your way, God's directing your steps. And you and God are butting heads. Because God says, you're not ready for the palace yet. You're not ready for that position yet. You're not ready for that authority yet. You're not ready for that title yet. You're not ready for that responsibility yet. You need a few more steps, and until you learn these things, 
Now, how in the world are you going to be ready for that kind of responsibility and that kind of authority and that kind of position if you have not learned teachability? You know what that means? You're going to have to humble yourself. And that goes against the American mindset. Someone's actually going to teach me? I've already handpicked two of my teachers, and one of them's dead. So there's one person left in this life that can give me something, teach me something. Look what it says. David's out there. Uh, some of you know the story. This is Nabal, the churlish man that God slew because of his stupidity. Had a hard heart that literally got hardened to the point he had a heart attack, flipped over dead. And Abigail comes out there. She's worried. She knows what kind of husband she married. She comes out and she tells David, David, take a deep breath. Don't kill my husband. Have mercy. Now it's hard enough to listen to your own wife when she rebukes you. Imagine listening to another man's wife rebuke you. That's tough to swallow. And here's what David's response is. Verse 32, David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel which sent thee. Verse 33, Blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou. David said, I need to learn something here. And regrettably, God's using the wife of a fool to teach me something. Did you know he was the king? He was the anointed? You know he could have cut off her head? Or Nabal's head? Or both of their heads? That's what kings did. They got upset. He took a deep breath and said, Blessed be God that sent thee, and blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou. Folks, I'm actually leave here tonight with four simple thoughts. You're planning, you're devising, you're scheming, you're hoping, you're dreaming. But ultimately, who chooses your steps? You ought to rest in Don't let that frustrate you. You ought to rest in that. You ought to rest in that, Gracie. Because guess what? You're going to get to a point here real soon. You're going to be a junior or senior in college, and you're going to start getting desperate and say, Oh, wow, no, what, what do I do? What's the next step? We'll go. And God said, Listen, you plan, you prepare, you devise your way, and then let me direct your steps. And when you don't do that, you're going to hit the panic button and do something stupid. You know what we do? We've all come to that point in life. I don't care if your name is Ernest, or Brother Gamus, or Brother Terry, or Brother Josh, or Brother Sutton. You've come to the end of the road. You've come to the end of a job. You've been laid off. Uh, you've sold a house. You've done something. You didn't know where to go, what to do, where to turn, because you had a dream. You had a plan. But it only went to this point, and suddenly you're out of options and you're out of ideas. God says, that's okay. I'm not out of options, and I'm not out of ideas. Because I'm the one that's directing your steps. And your plan is long-term, but God's steps are for the moment. And he says, I'll tell you where to place your foot tomorrow. But tonight, just go to bed. And you know what's kept a few hairs on my head? This lesson right here. Because there was a point as a young man, I was running around and fretting and worrying and trying to build buildings, and trying to start churches, and trying to figure out God, and trying to decide where I was supposed to be, and what I was supposed to be doing, and how to make sure everyone was pleased. 
with what I was doing. At some point, I said, you know what? All I can do is plan and devise my way and then let God order my daily steps. And guess what? I can rest in that. Because you know where I'm supposed to be tonight? Capital City Baptist Church. You know what I'm supposed to be doing? Preaching a message. Oh, I've planned out the rest of the year, and we've scheduled some meetings here at the church, and I've scheduled some preaching meetings out. We've prepared the classes, and we've decided what institute classes to teach, and uh, we've got most of our teachers for the school year. And guess what that's doing? I'm devising our way. Guess what God's doing? Something a whole lot more important. He's directing our daily steps. And that's comforting, because I know I can mess up the way. But I know ultimately God's going to show me, Adam, here's the next step. And in order, listen, I want to be a great uh, pastor. Not great in the sense of famous, but great in the sense of helping meet the needs of this church. Reaching the world. Helping our missionaries. Guess what? I cannot be the pastor I need to be until God's taken me through certain steps in life. And one of those steps was Ashley. And one of those steps was Argentina. And one of those steps was planting churches. And one of those steps was training nationals. And those steps have taught me to be flexible, adaptable, teachable, acceptable. That's God directing my daily steps. And I'm making plans. I'm still making plans but I'm a whole lot more comfortable now with the idea that guess who, Tony, is ultimately in charge of each step? Not me. So I don't have to panic anymore. I don't scheme as much. I dream just as much. I just scheme less. Oh, I plan and work as hard as ever. But I know if I'm following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring in the right preacher at the right time to meet the right need of the right congregation. That's me devising a way, but guess who's directing the steps? You know what God says? This is the message you preach for this moment. And folks, if you ever learn this verse, you get to a really pleasant place in life where your blood pressure drops and your enjoyment goes up and your comfort level increases. You worry less, you fret less, you sweat less, you work just as hard as ever, but you become a lot more profitable in what you do. Because you say, I can devise my way, but God ultimately directs my steps. Father, we pray tonight, you would help people, especially our young people, the Father come down here, put themselves on the altar and say, God, I'm going to rest in the fact that yes, I have a plan and yes, I have some dreams and yes, I have some hopes, but I know that you will direct my daily steps. And Father, I want to learn these lessons so I can reach my goal as quickly as possible. I want to be flexible. I want to be adaptable. I want to be acceptable. I want to be teachable. God, I need you to do those things in my life. We certainly hope that you've enjoyed this message today, but more importantly, we hope that the Lord has challenged you in some way to grow in your Christian life. 
For more information about our church, including directions and times of services, please visit our website at www.capitalcitybaptist.org.